everyone, and welcome to another episode of QC Brief. I'm here with Michael Forian, as always, uh, and this is the segment where we bring you small little briefings on the campaign, uh, and we appreciate you being here. You've been leaving us comments. You've been leaving us likes and stuff like that. Uh, we appreciate that, and we appreciate you for listening, and hopefully you're enjoying it. Uh, Michael, how's it going, buddy? Actually, I'm hijacking your show. This is Forian After Dark. Yeah, for those for those who are just listening and can't see the visuals, I encourage you to go and check it out. Like, there's some. Uh, <laughs> I didn't even think about that. <laughs> yeah, some, some some dark lighting over there. He set the he set the the stage. Uh, Got a few uh, stogies over here. You know, <laughs> have the fireplace. Nice, nice, nice loungy, nice loungy look over there. How you been? I'm doing well. Uh, came in for work this week and. Montreal, so escaping the grasp of the Udaway and coming back to civilization. Yeah. No offense to my friends in Gatineau Beach, but you know who you are and you're not proud to be it. In any case, um, but no, it's it's good to be in town. It's good to uh, see some different faces up on uh, a bunch of poles uh, in, in and around downtown Montreal and looking around and stuff. But it seems that, you know, I, I wonder how many people are actually paying attention to the election campaign. And I wonder how many people, you know, when you're walking by and you're talking to people, you're talking to your, your neighbors or you're talking to your, your coworkers, the election actually is everywhere. It's omnipresent, but I feel that so many people are trying to distract themselves away from it. That's my yeah. feeling. You know, it, it's strange because this is the first time in um, uh, whatever it is, 17 years or 15, 15 years, uh, that I haven't been actively involved in a yeah. campaign. So when you're actively involved, your mindset is 100% on the campaign. You think ev- you think the campaign is like the center of the universe. It like th- that's it. It revolves everything revolves around the, the, the campaign and the election. And you think that that's the case for everybody. Yeah, for those um, thir- for those 30 some odd days, it consumes your life. That's right. Everything that's right. And, and, and you know it can have effects on family life. It can have effects on. No, but so much so that you think that that's normal. I mean, everyone is in on this right everyone is following everyone is so interested and because you're so deep into that uh reality now you're on i'm on the outside and i gotta tell you man um and still i'm i mean we're not as involved but we're following i mean you know we yeah. have a passion for it we're doing this show we have um, we have we have really we have close friends who are running or running exactly for but it's so different like i feel like good god can this be over already jeez i'm so fucking tired and there's and you, you imagine like we're just observers in the campaign yes we're shooting the shit and doing some commentary here and there on it Think about the volunteers who are out there campaigning day in and day out, doing the door-to-door, doing those phone calls. You know, voter contact is so essential and so important, and it is draining. Some people thrive off it. Most don't. And I don't know if I could see myself doing that in, especially in a provincial election where I really don't feel that I have a dog in the race, apart from, again, those few friends who are running and who I would put my neck out for. Yeah. it's it's hard, and especially with lower voter, uh, low, lower volunteer numbers. There, there's such a lack of volunteers across the board yeah. um, here in the Greater Montreal area. I don't know how they're they're able to do what it. What are you hearing, Michael? Uh, and this is not part of the the, the topics that we want to discuss it, but just <laughs> you know, in parenthesis, uh, you're in contact with other people from other parties. Is the volunteering like you know the low volunteering the same all across the board, or is it just some that we know the Liberals are experiencing it that that we know. But is it the same with other parties as well? Some are experiencing it for different reasons. So uh, I would say that in particular, the CAC, they're experiencing some 
Uh, they're not, I guess, you know, starving for volunteers, but I would say that some, I would say, first off, they, they usually they have a, they have a, a, a an interesting voter base. They have an interesting coalition of, of volunteers. And by that extent, um, by being the majority of Quebecers, I would say, you know, upwards of 40% who are going to be voting CAC. Um, a lot of people feel that it's pretty safe for them that, you know, they've already won the election. Why am I going to go volunteer? Yeah, yeah. I know that they, they have a pretty safe, they, they have a safe ride in, in, in the majority of the ridings. The worst and, thing you can do. That's the worst. Wor- it is the worst thing you can do. And it, 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 it screws you from being able to actually have people on the ground for Georgie for election day, yeah. those scrutineers, those, uh, you know, you know, people knocking on doors to get the vote out, uh, those those telephoners. So, you know, you need that, right? You need those legal advisors. You need people to, especially in tight races and two-way yeah. and three-way races. So that's going to be important there. And for the liberals, it's just, it's complete lack of of motivation. It's a complete uh, disinterest in in the POQ, be it for Dominique Anglade, be it if, you know, if you're an Anglophone, it could be because of, you know, certain flip-flopping on Bill 96. Um, you know, this, the, I think those are a lot, a lot of the reasons I think QS has a very strong, and I know they have a very strong, yeah, that's true, uh, volunteer base and, and they're active, they're motivated, but it's always been, it's always been uh, this grassroots party, right? So I but mean, why, why George, why do they, it's because they engage their vote, their, their, their volunteers throughout the entire year and, and every single week of that year and every single day, they're in constant contact that it's, it's, it's more, it's less of a party and more of a religion right. and, and it's, it's a, it's a movement. And, and I might be rather contrary. I'm actually very contrary to a lot of their policies, if not most, but they've, they've got some, some magic behind them in that sense there in terms of their, you know, getting those volunteers out and doing what they're doing. And the PQ, I think is suffering the same way. Of course, you're going to have your diehard, uh, you know, independentists, but at the same time, I, I feel that they're, they're really just, you know, feeling the same malaise that the PLQ is going through, the PQ is going right. through for reasons. Right. So that's sort of my feeling on the ground. But again, it's, um, I've, I've heard, you know, it's all very anecdotal, but, you know, I've heard everything from, oh, you know, my friends in the West Island who have, you know, voted liberal this, all the, the for, for so many decades are voting CAC this time around. I'm like, really? They're voting CAC after, you know, Bill 21 and Bill 96. That's really interesting there. So, Take it for what it is, yeah. uh, but I, I feel that uh, you know volunteers are are not there like they used to be, especially for uh, parties that haven't had that consistency and rely on volunteers, uh, especially when um, you know they're they're not Quebec City Dell, for example. Right, right. It's going to be definitely interesting. Yeah. Uh, let's get on to our topics first off, because uh, it was a pretty a busy end of week last week, a lot of stuff happening, uh, and uh, you know we're going to talk a lot about that. But uh, first and foremost. The climate march. This is something that has become kind of like a tradition here in Montreal. It usually happens at the end of this, uh, September. Uh, it's an election year. Obviously, all the parties want to be represented. They want to show that they care for the climate. And this has, you know, this circulated online where you have a couple of ministers from the government, from the CAC that were there. Uh, and um, some would say, yeah, it was nothing. It was just booing, which, you know, we've seen countless times. Others say that they were not physically abused, but definitely verbally abused. They felt in danger to the point where the story goes that the environment minister, Benoit Charette, I think uh, minister of the economy, Fitz, uh, uh, Pierre, Fitzgibbon. Pierre Fitzgibbon was there and a bunch of other people. Um, and uh, also um, Chantal Rouleau, who's the delegate minister of transport. Yeah. And the uh, minister responsible for the island of Montreal. So they were there together and people kind of accosted them and they were apparently harassing them. Uh, and there's a clip of that going around. Uh, and then the security detail 
judge that it was too dangerous for them to be there and they just moved them out. And then the story turned to what are you doing there? Like, did you just come there for the pictures and then just leave? That's option A. Was there really a, a security concern uh, and that you have to, you had to leave? Option B. Uh, or, the, you know, there's all these other suggestions going around. And they've still, even this morning on the radio, they were talking about it. They were like, okay, what is he, why, why would Benoit Charette be there? Did he expect anything different? Uh, number one. Number two, even if he expected that sort of reaction from the from the crowd, should he not have been there since he is the minister and he needs to, to demonstrate? And then lastly, they should know that their track record on the environment was so pitiful that you know, you going there. I mean, you should, you should, you you should expect that, right? Um, so yeah, I don't know. I mean, um, I don't know. And then you know, th there's obviously a lot of support for Quebec Solidaire, and then others are thinking, look, these rallies they're organized. It's grassroots organizers, and primarily, it's just one whole um, arranged support. You know, a demonstration for the for Quebec Solidaire. You know, so. Uh, I mean, I don't know. What are your thoughts on this? Absolutely. I think this is always, these types of climate marches have always been very Quebec Solidaire heavy in terms of the organizers on the ground, the supporters that are there. Um, it, it's of no surprise to me that the CAC were, were booed, that the, the Liberals were booed as well. Um, I don't know why the CAC shows up. No one in that crowd is voting for the CAQ. Uh, if they are, they're probably lost uh, or are trying to get home. Yeah. <laughs> so for me, it just, it doesn't make any sense whatsoever why they would be there in the first place. Um, sure, the CAC doesn't really bring to the table. They, they try to talk a big game on, on, on climate and on issues of this nature, but they really don't bring much to the table in terms of the more radical and extreme policies like QS wants to undertake. And again, that we're under this climate emergency and that we need to be, um, you know, having this, you know, I think it's like this climate's uh, anxiety uh, that, you know, uh, Nadeau Dubois is being accused of at this point. Um, and and I think he feeds into this this climate anxiety. I think he he was also hit by uh, you know by by people that say that he's fueling eco anxiety. Um, you know that he you know th claims that this is the last chance for for Quebecers uh, to save uh, you know this nation uh, from from climate change. And uh, you know I, I just think that it's it's a bit much. It's a bit fresh. I don't think people that uh, you know are, are outside of the Quebec Solidaire voter base take take him seriously in this regard here. But at the same time, I don't know why CAC ministers are showing up at this in the first place. There's zero expectation for them to be there, uh, and when they do go there, uh, they're they're completely chewed out. And I think it's it's buffoonish. Uh, you know, I, I'm so I'm so torn on this because theoretically, anyone should be able to go to these. Uh, to, I don't want to call them a demonstration. It's an event, whatever. It's, it's an event organized around the environment. Yes, the CAC has no business being there based exclusively on the track record. But at the same time, if they want to, they should be able to go there without feeling that their lives or anything else is... Oh, is sure. Threat, right? But these people hate, they hate them. Yeah. They absolutely hate the CAC. They hate François Legault. They have zero, uh, you know, joint issues or common ground in terms of being able to support. So I just, I don't see there being a, a real necessity for the CAC to be there on the ground. And and I think it just looks amateurish. It's like they're being, you know, uh, goaded into attending this event and they know they're going to be uh, either attacked, confronted, booed, yelled at, spat at, 
whatever so why, it could so, be. so why so why would they go there look i mean we've had jobs i mean we we've been in positions where we had to make a decision on whether or not our elected officials should go to an event and it was always you know very thought out like it was it was a process where you know sometimes it was calculated it's okay if we go do we gain something if we don't go do we lose something uh and if we lose something is it um threatening in the future i mean uh, you know we're going to lose something in the long run uh, and if we do go there do we gain something like those all these question marks that we always had to go through in order to say okay it's worth going to this event let's do it if Judging by what we're saying right now, I'm sure that the people around the Benoit Charette and Pierre Fitzgibbon and all the other uh, MNAs from the CAC knew exactly what we're talking about here, and they probably have the same reflex we had. Why would they send them there? <laughs> Poor organizers. Organizers that, again, this is what happens when you have a coalition of uh, you know federalists, uh, sovereignists, leftists, right-wingers, conservatives liberals and dippers all and black quebecois all mixed into one party where you've got misdirection and everybody trying to appease everybody uh because you don't have a pure real message that is coherent with voters and i feel that that leads to again trying to curry favor with people that don't look at you as sincere don't look at you as authentic and are going to chew you out and it's it's wrong that they were there. It didn't make any sense to me. And again, nobody is going if you if environments and climate change is your greatest issue, if this is the issue that is going to, uh, you know, make you want to go to the polls and vote for a certain party, that party is not going to be the CAC. You are not going there. There is no CAC voter that is going and saying, I'm voting on this election based on the environment. And based on climate change, because Francois Legault has such a great climate change plan, because I feel that he's going to defend the environment to the greatest extent versus any other party. Nobody believes that. Speaking of which, you mentioned Gabriel Nadeau-Dubois, because something came up, and uh, especially in the social media, and people talk, spoke about this, because after those images came out of people, you know, quote-unquote, harassing the minister, which I didn't... I mean, the, the, the clip going around is one guy kind of just brutally asking questions it's like well what are you gonna do you, you haven't done anything like these things happen you know it's not like the guy spat on him or punched him or shoved him or you know he was just asking a question yes it was a little bit you know on the edge but not more than that i don't think it was harassment but anyway uh, i'll leave that up to the people to judge but so that clip circulates and then during the actual demonstration the 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 the, the press uh questioned gabriel Nadeau-Dubon on that on that matter and whether or not uh, they were harassed, and if so, should he denounce it? And the answer he gave, and this is people, you know, started commenting on this. They're saying, "Shit, we saw the Gabriel Nadeau of 2012, that little smart Alec uh, kid that thought he was above everyone else, and he was the only student leader not to denounce the acts of violence and the the exactly the wreckage that was happening. The only one, and they kind of saw the similarities of his, you know, through his uh, answer. He just said, "Well, you know, I mean, it doesn't shock me that they treated the CAC this way, and it doesn't surprise me in any way. And maybe the CAC just shouldn't have been here." That was his answer. It was just as brutal as you know. I mean, you said it, and maybe that's the reality. But he's a leader of a political party, and maybe he should have stood above. You know the, the 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 those personal attacks. Sure, and he has a more responsibility to act like a leader of a political party, uh, a mainstream political party too. You know, this is a party that can form official opposition come October third. 
and you know they they do have a, a responsibility and i don't think that gabriel has grown up into being the full political leader that he could be i think that he still he knows how easy it is for him to get that popularity boost or for him to get that motivation from his supporters when he acts in the same way that he acted back in the 2012 student movement. Yeah. It's easy for him. It's an easy win for him to take, but is it uh, advisable? Probably not. Uh, is it, is it responsible in our parliamentary system? Probably not. And, and I think that he undermines QS and he also he cuts himself off. He, he solidifies the people that are already voting for him and he cuts off people that were on the, on the fence and they say to themselves, you know what? This is not what I, it's, it's a line. To, it's, it's, um it's a step too far over the line. And I just, I'm not prepared to make that move just yet. All right. Speaking of climate, uh, Eric Duhem came out with an interesting statement. He did. And, and I, I was sort of taken aback by it. Uh, you know, the, the carbon exchange, the, the, the Bourse de Charbonne that we have here in Quebec would stay under a uh, premier come October 3rd. So it's 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 kind of interesting to me that he would go this way. He said that in an ideal world, um, you know, the Conservative Party of Quebec would 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 prefer to abolish it, but he's decided not to go that far in the election campaign and would maintain it if if in government. So again, you know, it's no surprise, I think, to anybody listening that Eric Zoyam and, and the Conservative Party of Quebec are climate skeptics, uh, you know, and they're proud of it. Like, no, that's not that's not a, a slur in, in their parts. Um, they're they're definitely, you know, a group of individuals that are proud to defy the status quo when it comes to climate change and, and believing that global warming is occurring. And they, you know, they have a very laxed environmental policy, if any, to be frank with you. So it's it's a really no, like, you know, it's of no uh, surprise to me whatsoever that they did this. Um, but I, I I do think that, sorry, it's, it is a surprise to me that they would yeah. do this rather. Um, sorry, too much wine. Yeah. <laughs> I was I was waiting for George to get home. We're recording this late, and I just had to delve into into my my source at this point. So yeah, it, it is rather surprising that they would maintain it at this point. Um, they they are. It, what's not surprising rather is that they're a climate skeptic party. Um, it, there, there's definitely a bit of uh, incoherency and in, and in they're, you know, in in what they're they're calling for now. Um, in in its electoral platform, you know, the PCQ they they do call for the abolition of the federal carbon tax. Um, and and, and I think that. Uh, it's it's a little bit interesting to see how they would meld those two policies together. So the, they want the lowest carbon tax possible, but not getting rid of the carbon market in Quebec. That's a carbon market that is shared between um, the, the state of California, of course. And that's where, again, that cap and trade system for greenhouse gases, um, you know, was set up in 2013 by the PQ government of Pauline Morois. They, they put in a, they put on a price on, on pollution in, in the hope of reducing it. So uh, again, I, I don't know how... A story like that, a headline is going to really affect a lot of Zoom supporters. I'm sure they're going to be disappointed because they're going to say he's a bit of a sellout. He's compromising. He's not being true to himself. He's not being true to the party. That could definitely hurt him uh, as we get closer to October 3rd. Let's uh, let's just jump over. Yeah, definitely. But at the same time, I, I, I don't think that his electorate is actually even looking into this or caring about what he says about the environment. So... Will it really news news spreads impact? fast. News spreads yeah. fast. It's it's a mainstream story. People are already talking about it on Twitter. They're paying attention to what what he's saying on this front, and I think that it gives some credence to again climate 
conspiracy theorists are the worst possible voter base you could ever have because they're so volatile. One minute they love you, and the moment you slip up, they want to knife you. Mm. And it's it's just like there is no loyalty whatsoever when it comes to a voter base that is just based on fake news and wherever the wind is blowing and whatever they read online is, um, you know, just truth uh, without question. And and I think that something of this nature could get out there and definitely cause uh, them to think that, oh, well, he's selling out. He's going to make a deal with Legault. So again, I'm just spitballing here, but like it just seems to me that uh, they're 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 just they're frantic individuals who would try to undermine anybody if they weren't in 100 percent solid agreement with them. Right. Let's move on over to some of the people. A lot of people are actually talking about this today. Yeah, uh, this is embarrassing. And of course, it happens in every election. I've seen this happening. But to get caught doing it is a different uh, story. This is the Quebec Solidaire candidate in the writing of Camille Lorrain. This is the old writing of Bourget, where uh, Macacoto was elected. Um, and this is the writing where PQ leader is running, Paul Saint-Pierre Plamondon. Uh, and you know, this tends to happen, what we're going to talk about, it tends to happen a lot with volunteers that perhaps don't know what's going on yeah, uh, or don't know the electoral law. But this is the actual Quebec Solidaire candidate that was caught by a security camera. Um, tell everyone what happened. Yeah. So this, um, and, and this has happened before to candidates too. And and it happened as most recently as the last federal election. I'll get that get into that later. Um, but, but this is uh, Marie-Ève Rancourt, QS candidate in Camille Lorrain filmed by a security camera and I just a, a reminder a friendly reminder to every candidate out there stop talking stop doing things that are inappropriate while walking up to somebody's house because you are being filmed on ring or in a google camera or or something people and it's recording your voice it's recording your actions it's recording your volunteers don't say a word. Everything is going to be recorded and you look like a buffoon. In this case, it was Madame Rancourt who was a buffoon uh, because she was filmed by the security camera uh, of her stealing uh, a leaflet from a mailbox um, uh, of, of the of the Parti Québécois. Yeah, so basically for so, everyone's benefit, this is what the footage shows. It shows a PQ volunteer yeah. going by, dropping in the pamphlets. Yes. Uh, and then I guess moments later, she herself went to that door, put her pamphlets. She saw that the PQ had had a pamphlet in it, and she took them out. Uh, now that is illegal. Uh, in, of course, in, in it's the theft in the electoral law. Not only in the electoral law, in just uh, our in the criminal system. code. Yeah, you cannot steal mail. <laughs> it's a criminal code. The, the SPVM came out because they were asked to comment in that press, and they said that you know stealing something of that nature. It's it's stealing a pamphlet. It's it constitute as an offense under the criminal code. It, it's it's um, five thousand dollar or less. Uh, it's considered um, uh, applicable uh, as as theft. Um, I guess petty theft in this great case. And uh, the uh, the DPCP, the Director of Criminal and Penal Prosecutions, could if they wanted to go after her for it. I don't think they will. Yeah. Um. I think it's been settled. I think obviously you know having to back off from being a candidate has definitely caused a you know enough damage to her reputation has already occurred and whether or not yeah. they, she, they came out, she, she came out and apologized. Um, I don't think it's going to go any further. I mean, I don't think there's going to be any additional pressure on her resigning or stepping down. I mean, we're one week out of the, you know, yeah. from, from the from the election. I don't know. I mean, it would shock me if she did resign, but, uh, oh, it, no, but she has, she has had to, no, no, she had, she did resign. 
She did. She did. Wait, she she resigned. Yes. Well, I Gavin, didn't hear that. She stepped down. Yes. So GND came out oh, and shit, said, "I didn't know that." Oh my god. The, okay. Jesus. <laughs> breaking news coming okay, okay. coming to you now, George. So, I, but again, this is just in the last few hours or so. So I, I don't uh, no harm no foul, George. Oh my um, goodness. But, but Gabriel Dubois did come out and say during the the course of discussions with Marie Vrancourt over the course of the day, um, um, she she has announced her decision to uh, resign. Uh, for oh my god. For I didn't. I missed this whole bit. Oh god. Okay. He even mentions that you know Manon. Uh, Messi and not myself accept this decision. Um, you know, it's uh, it was obviously very personal, and she he's uh, very hurt by it in any case. But listen, it's it's an immoral gesture, but at the same time, like I think that you know this has happened before. Candidates have gotten in trouble before. Candidates have been um, have been caught, like George Shahal, who's was a who's the liberal candidate who ended up becoming MP in Calgary Skyview. Um, he was investigated by Elections Canada. I believe he was also charged. He had to uh, pay a small fee, a small fine. Um, but the bigger consequence to, for, for George Shahal in this circumstance there was that he was looked upon as a star candidate. He was a, a very well-known and very well-respected city councillor in Calgary uh, and was looked upon as the next minister um, responsible for the Calgary area and a, and a, a Trudeau cabinet minister. And uh, he uh, and, and of course, Trudeau in the last election had no other Calgary-based um, uh, member of parliament to name minister from Calgary. So the only person he could have he could name um, minister in Alberta was Randy Boissonneau over in Edmonton, in Edmonton Centre. So it, it completely, again, you could have you could have elected a ham sandwich in, in Calgary uh, under liberal banner in the last election and would have become a cabinet minister. Right. So he completely screwed himself because of the investigation that was going on very much in the same case that, that Madame Rancourt uh, has, has, has screwed herself too in this. The greater thing, I think, in, in this whole, and the thing that shocked me was what happens next after you withdraw your candidacy? What is the next step? Because this is, let's just set the, the, the table for, for people that don't know the writing of Camille Lorrain. But this is, this could be considered a three-way race. The reason being is that you've got QS, you know, having a you know, strong, um, you know, ground game, uh, you know, you know, looking fairly good in the polls there uh, in, in Eastern Montreal in a riding like Camille Lorrain. It's currently held by Richard Campeau, uh, who, you know, I think most people would say is leading the race in, in current projections that we see, particularly from QC 125 with the CAC. So the CAC currently holds it. And then you've got PQ leader Paul Saint-Pierre Plamondon uh, coming in second place right now, if we look at it for, for QC 125. Now with, with Madame Rancourt leaving, well, previous to some information that I received earlier today from La Presse, um, I would have thought that her name would have still been maintained on the ballot. George, did you know that when you when a candidate makes a, re a request for withdrawal, uh, they can do this at any time before the end of the, the actual ballot. So anytime before October 3rd, they give the returning officer a signed letter signifying they wish to withdraw. Okay. If the ballots are already printed, the name of the candidate will. No, be they got to cross it out. out. Yeah, they have to cross it. And anybody who voted previous to that, their votes will be canceled out as well. Isn't that insane? Wait, oh my! I, I didn't know that. The, 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 so, the people that voted for her will be canceled. Yes, they they will not. They will no longer. Their vote does not count. Yeah, that that's. Um... But then again, logistically, what do you do? You invite those people to come back and vote for a second time. I mean, you can't no. really do that. No, either. you can't. So, 
Le- it's one of those the- unfortunate things. But the thing is, here, the- thankfully, it happened people now. People that already people that already voted for her cannot vote again. They have a lot people in the riding of Camille Lorraine that have already voted in in in, in advanced polls have lost their votes. They have mm-hmm. literally lost their yeah. vote yeah. because of her resignation. But but you and can't, on yeah, top you- of that, they've probably given uh, PSPP leader of the PQ a seat in the National Assembly. This is the my. This was my question. Uh, first of all, I I, I missed this whole thing because I was working and I completely missed it. I came straight to 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 do this. Uh, George, episode. I thought you were a dedicated podcaster. I thought this was your full time job. Damn on me, goddammit. it! Uh, so this is this is huge. One, like you mentioned, the ballots have been printed. People have voted this weekend, and we're going to talk about the 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 advanced polls uh, soon. Um, so that's number one. So. There is a very big possibility that people have voted for her already. So I did not know that that votes get that vote those votes get canceled for her. Yeah. But at the same time, it would be completely ridiculous to call all those people and say, "Come vote a second time." <laughs> you cannot do that. So yeah, logistically, th- you can. yeah. Thankfully, it happened now during the advanced poll, where I mean, I don't know what the the percentages are, um, but more on the strategic uh, thing now. The people that can't vote Quebec Solidaire, are they just going to stay home or are they going to opt for their second choice, which logically should be the PQ? Yes. And I, and I think they will. And I think that that will make make the difference between because at the same time, if that would happen. This is huge for Pierre Plamondon. He was just handed. It's, he had. I think he has a seat now. I think he has a seat. They'll have at least two leaders. Uh, sorry, two members in the. National Assembly for the PQ, him and Pascal Berube at this point, because that was the only seat that he was looking at before at, at, at possibly getting in, in, in the House for the PQ. So that's obviously making a difference right there. That's going to be super interesting to see. Um, wow. <laughs> what a dumb. And to think that this person was a lawyer. She's a lawyer by profession. She's an idiot. Also, she's a a lawyer. (laughs) I don't care. I don't care if she's a lawyer. She's a moron. (laughs) That's horrible. I remember every time we had teams going out to do door to door, we would brief them. The first thing we would tell them, even like even above what you're going to say, if you see someone like just the main lines about, you know, the candidate's bio, like even above that, more important is do not touch anything in people's mailboxes. Drop it and leave. It's the first, it's like elementary level stuff, you know? Except their welfare check. <laughs> so this is horrible. Horrible news for the for Quebec Solidaire. It, it definitely makes them look bad. Um wow, wow. Definitely, yeah, definitely. Changing. And I never and I never knew about this thing with, with the striking of the name from the ballot putting up a message saying inside oh, of the that, actual that, that I knew that they strike out the name. So nobody, can, I, cause you can't, and you then, can't and print ballots. Yeah. Uh, cause they all come with a code and all that stuff, but uh, the people's vote getting canceled, but was, they're uh, literally str- They're manually taking people. Yeah, someone's going to have to sit that with is a ruler mental to me and cross out 50,000 ballots. Those poor DGQ workers are going to actually have to do their job for once. My George, goodness. that's horrible. Uh, let's move on over to um, to the advanced polls. So this weekend, yesterday and today, I voted today, so I got that out of the way. Uh, and yesterday, the, it was the, the official, you know, advanced polling for people that want to go vote earlier. Uh, I haven't checked the latest figures. I don't know if you got that, but uh, it seems to be remarkably high for advanced polls. 
it, it is high, and but the the question is, where is it high? And and this goes into who is motivated and who is getting their vote out, and in that sense, who has volunteers in order to get people out. And what we're seeing is that voter anticipation is the strongest in one region in Quebec over the uh, over all of them, and that is the region of Quebec. Um, So the Quebec City area, which, again, we've always spoken about that Quebec City area. It's a perennial, um, you know, topic that we speak about on the show. And the the 10 ridings with the highest voter anticipation in Quebec are Louis Hébert, Lévis, Charlebourg, Chauveau, Vanille-la-Rivière, Chute-de-la-Chaudière, Jean Talon. And outside of that, it's, um, you know, outside of the region of Montreal, it's uh, outside of the region of Quebec City, Taillon, Joliette, Athabasca, those are the remaining three. So you look at that and you say to yourself, okay, pretty much every single riding there is either CAC, with the except, exception of Jean Talon. No, Jean-Luc, actually, uh, every single riding there is CAC, if, I, yeah, if I'm correct. Yeah. So you think about that. That is giving a path to victory again and showing strong motivation towards the CAC. Um, and and again, you didn't see one liberal riding on there. You didn't see one QS riding on there. You didn't see one PQ riding on there. That's sending a really strong message. Well, let me ask you the other question, Michael. This is also the region that Eric Duhem has been focusing on, where yeah. he needs to penetrate, and this is where the chances are the highest for him. George, I don't want to hear about Eric Duhem penetrating anything. <laughs> I don't want to penetrating anything. Yeah, uh, he wants to break into the into that area. Um, no, breaking in is not better. <laughs> border borderline slander at this point, George. Oh God, do you not think that a high uh, voter participation rate may be coming from uh, conservative supporters? Um, I think it's too broad for it to be the case. I don't think uh, that's the, usually maybe, just to inform everyone watching or listening. Usually when there are high rates or high participation rates in an election, it's indicative of a change. But uh, this, this, is, this is this is yes, but with a huge asterisk next to it. This is advanced polls. We don't know what this is going to be combined with uh, results on on October 3rd. And we don't know where that's going to take us. I think we're seeing a lot of voter efficiency right here. And, and I think that you're seeing uh, particularly and, and getting in, in good GOTV efforts by the CAC um, in, in those areas there. I, I think you really are. And again, I just don't see maybe it's making up for a few percentage points, but definitely not the vast majority. Mm-hmm. I went today. It was at around 1.15 ish around there. It was in the afternoon. Uh, there was a lot of people voting. And this is uh, here in Brossard, just in the outskirts of Montreal. Um, most of them were uh, seniors, I tell you, uh, but the, it, there was a good flow of people coming and going, like just consistent, um, which is which is good. People are coming out. Uh, I don't know how it's going to reflect the final results, but um, judging by what I heard, they're expecting, and I guess we're going to get the final number by tomorrow. I guess, uh, yeah. Uh, so they're pre- they're predicting a very high number in in the advanced polls. But so. again, I don't. I just don't think it's the. I don't think it's a change election. I don't think this is indicative of a change election. I think this is people, particularly in the right these ridings where it's these are CAQ ridings people are, are are going to vote for um 
the party that will keep them at the table. And they're going again in those ridings with the choice that they voted for last time in 2018. Right. Right. Interesting. Um, uh, yeah. I'm looking forward to those numbers. The, the, they're probably going to come out tomorrow. Um, l- let's talk about polls. I know we spoke yeah. about polls in the previous episode, but some parties have commissioned, uh, you know, these companies to, to, to run some polls for them in specific ridings. And it's always strange to to know that you know the parties are commissioning uh, for the polls, because strangely enough, whenever they do that, the poll the polls are always in their favor. <laughs> shocking, shocking yeah. that parties don't release negative polls about themselves. They commission. I, I just say, can, can you imagine all those polls that just go to waste? They're never reported on because they show a party in a bad light. It's, yeah. it's just it's it's yeah. terrible. Yeah. It really yeah. is. I, I you know, cheers, a drink for all those <laughs> polls we never got to hear about. But you have one in the eastern uh, part of Quebec. Yeah. So the the PQ is really counting on eastern Quebec to survive. And and the CAC is looking to make some big gains there. And, and so they commissioned a poll with synopsis um, research. And it, it, go, it shows that um, Legault and the CAQ are going to collect about 44% of the voting intention in, in eastern Quebec. Um, and and that's far behind uh, the PQ. At, sorry, that's far ahead rather the the PQ um, uh, at twenty three percent. So, in any case, this is again it's a it's a I would say it's a smaller poll, especially for that you know wide of a region. So it could be a little bit skewed. It's but it's a little bit less than a little bit more than four hundred people. Um, you know, and this is like when we say Eastern Quebec, like what does that mean? Like Bas Saint Laurent, the Gaspésie, Magdalene Islands, and the and the Côte Nord. And and it's an online poll, so again, I'm I'm already a little bit against it in terms of, um, you know, putting too much credence into it. I mean, so 400 people is not like yeah, you got to think. It's not it's not in when it comes to polling, it's really not a lot, really? especially for that broad of a region. Exactly. They poll in 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 for, in the Darcy McGee poll that we t- spoke about um in last episode. They they poll I think around a little bit over 300 people for just the area of Darcy McGee. So just take that into consideration, yeah, for a second, yeah, right? Yeah. So um, you know, QS they got about seventeen percent in the voter intentions. The Conservatives got eleven percent, and the Liberals clocking in in Eastern Quebec at three percent. I mean, I don't even know what to say anymore. Uh, considering the fact that the Liberals had ridings in the eastern part of Quebec, they had the guests they had the Magdalene Islands for a yeah, while. Yeah, 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 yeah. They had Bonaventure. They had uh, they yeah. had some great writings in the Gaspésie. Yeah, yeah. Now the Liberals also commissioned one specifically in the writing of the leader uh, in Saint Henri Saint Anne, where uh, Dominique Anglade is running, and where every other pollster has that as a three way race between the Liberals, CAC, and Quebec Solidaire. This poll showed Dominique Anglade ahead of approximately ten points uh, uh, in front of the CAC, and then. Uh, Third came uh, Quebec solely there. And, you know, you just wonder, I mean, do they just do this purposely because they want to shut everyone up? Because as we're approaching the end of the campaign, every almost every journalist is squeezing on Glad in the corner and asking her, what is she going to do on the night of the 3rd of October? And her answer is always the same. She keeps regurgitating the exact same answer. I am the liberal. Uh, I'm the leader of the liberal party and I will remain 
the, the, the leader, I'm confident, which is the standard line. I mean, you cannot say anything different than yeah. that. I get it. But the amount of time she gets asked that question and the amount of times we hear that answer, I mean, it's starting to get redundant. Yeah. I mean, I, th I think you're, you know, you, you maintain that key messaging up until the, the, the night of the election when the race is called or the day after when you know that even your own supporters don't want to keep you in there anymore. So it, it becomes a very difficult scenario for a leader of any party in that situation. A poll of this nature, if they're releasing it and the numbers are fudged to a certain extent or, or in a very um, favorable light that is just beyond the scientific norms of polling, why would you be releasing it? Get some motivation amongst your base. Yeah. But at the same time, you're also maybe putting some people, forcing some people to stay at home or just indicating to them that, you know what, your vote really won't matter because it's not as tight as you think. Right. 10% is still a pretty healthy lead. It's not the healthiest of leads, especially in mm -hmm. an area like Lake Sammy St. Anne. But it, it could play in your favor. It could also play not play in your favor. And you, people, political strategists in the, in the Liberal Party need to be cognizant of that, that things like this don't usually end well uh, when you start playing with polls and start, uh, you know, especially if, if the numbers are not as, um, let's say, truthful as one would hope you know i don't know if uh, i was talking about this with you but i was speaking with um, a very active liberal volunteer now in the campaign but are uh, those still left yeah but you know for i thought they, they went extinct a former staffer i mean long time uh, you know liberal I, and i was talking with her and i was saying you know what do, what do you think is going to happen you know what, what, you know what, what are you projecting like what are you hearing on the ground She's still helping with a campaign, so she's still active on the ground. And she said, I honestly hope that Dominique Anglade loses her seat. This is coming from a liberal volunteer, former staffer, a longtime member of the Liberal Party. And you know, it, it, it kind of shocked me. And I'm like, why are you saying that? And the, the, the reason she gave me was so intelligent and like just, you know, it, it shows you how veterans actually think. And yeah. she said, listen, we're losing this campaign. We know it. So whatever the, you know, whatever, you know, the, the, the people around Dominic Anglad say, they say it because it's campaign time and whatever they, they, they're saying what they have to say. But the reality is that we all know we're losing this race, uh, this campaign. And as a leader of a party, maybe perhaps it easier for you to step down if you lose your own riding than if you win your riding, but get an embarrassing result, which is obviously going to be the, the the most historically low result in uh, this party has ever seen and then having to resign uh afterwards um so and and i thought you know what you're absolutely right i mean at this point if you're dominique anglade secretly i'd be crossing my fingers to lose saint-henri saint-anne and just say look people have spoken uh i want to thank everyone you know you find like the most you know dignified answer you can give and say, you know, it's time for me to turn the page and just leave. So you're saying in terms of giving her an easy out is what you're saying. Exactly. Yeah, no, I, I understand that. Like if you I, had to choose between losing your seat and resigning or getting the historically low numbers that you're about to get and having to resign after that, maybe it's better just to lose your seat and use that as an excuse. Say, look, sorry, I'm out. You know? I, I, I think that, quite frankly, she might try to stay on. Uh, after uh, this historic loss, there is no way. In There's no way that she should, in in any way whatsoever, should she be able to to to, to stay on. But I think 
people around her, some people on her team are delusional and would try to have her stay on, which I think is a huge mistake. Oh, but it's not going to happen. It's going to create no. a crisis in the party, uh, in its membership. And uh, I, I just think on October 3rd, after we're all waiting to see what the results are going to be. And I'm speaking as a liberal member over here. Um, but on the 4th, people are, you know, pounding that door coming in to put the party back on track, or at least I hope they are. And I think heads are going to roll and I think they're going to demand explanations. Not that we need any. I mean, we know, I think, I think everyone knows pretty much why we're at the situation we're in. Uh, and if there's any messages whatsoever to the effect that Dominic Anglade is planning on staying on board, it just makes no yeah. sense. You can't like, I, I, and even, even if I think of it objectively, you're you're about to get the worst result this party has ever gotten. You had four years to prepare, and I mean, ultimately, you you didn't do enough. I don't see any justification. Some of the for her to stay on board. Some of the worst uh, voter turnout right now is in solid liberal ridings. Complete lack of motivation from them. Yeah, and and that is very telling for. The faith, the faith that um, Anglad and, and the POQ will face come October third, when we truly see the cataclysmic effects uh, of her, of her leadership or lack thereof, and what that will mean for the future of the party itself, and how many candidates I must be asking my, they must be asking themselves right now, uh, you know, why did I throw my hat into the ring? Um, even if they're going to win, many of them are going to be. Oh no, no, for sure. I, and I, and look, we're not going to say any names here, but I know at least. No, say them. Say the names, George. At Put least, them out there. At least two or three that I've spoken to. Throw, who... throw your friends under the bus. Yeah, let's go. Let's go. At least two for sure. Three nah, kind of whispered, but didn't really say anything. Are thinking uh, the aftermath. What the hell are we going to do? We do we're not, not going to have. have... We're not going to have pieces to pick up, let alone try to Two try issues. to rebuild the party. Two issues, Michael, that I heard from all of them. Number one, the party will be in a disaster state where they're going to have much less money, much less resources. So the idea of rebuilding something without those resources yeah. becomes a headache in itself. And number two, big issue is who are we going to be left with in the caucus that will one be able to take over the the interim leadership, keep the caucus together, motivated, uh, and then lead us into the next leadership race. There is a lot of concern, and everyone is just on this downhill path. It's and, it's tough to find someone that is actually happy and, and looking forward. Go, and that's in, in terms of future leadership prospects, like, you know, that's when you start looking to the outside and you start seeing who's outside of your caucus. And I think that any party... That is only going to rely on who is in their caucus for a potential leadership bid, and a successor to Anglad uh, is is ridiculous. Um, they 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 people every party should, any party that is in these dire straits should be looking to the outside as well, and they're going to have to do some recruitment in that regard. There, yeah, we'll see we'll see what's going to happen. I want I want to uh, as we finish up, I want to talk a little bit about this uh, this discourse that we've been seeing almost from every leader, obviously not Francois Legault. He's the, he's the uh, incumbent. So he's just focusing on his track record and, you know, building like, um, the, 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 the vision for the next four years, mm -hmm. but almost every leader of the other four parties has come out in the last week and, uh, invited his supporters to vote strategically. And we hear that very often, 
uh, usually in campaigns. This time around, because the polls came out last week suggesting that it's a four-way race for second position, almost immediately every leader came out and said, all right, guys, we need to be smart. You need to think who is better fit to 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 um, uh, to serve as opposition. Uh, and if you've been thinking of voting for another party, just, you know, Dominique Anglade came out and said, you know, this is more, this is why it's uh, more important than ever for people to vote liberal because we need a responsible uh, party in opposition or, you know, um, actually, no, she didn't say in opposition. She was very careful. She said, we need uh, uh, more than ever uh, to make sure that Francois Legault is no longer there. So everyone is calling for the strategic vote. Eric Duhem did it. Um, Quebec Solidaire hasn't because they're on the climb. So, I mean, obviously, they'll be... I bother. Yeah. But the one person that actually had the courage to come out and say that I want to be in opposition and I need people to trust me is Paul Saint-Pierre Plamondon, the leader of the PQ, and he said it yesterday on Quebec's most popular TV show, uh, Tout le monde en parle. Um, I didn't watch the whole thing, but I saw the clip where he said, you know, I'm motivated and uh, I want my party to be in opposition which obviously suggests that he doesn't believe they can govern, number one. But the idea and the fact that I I don't think it was a reflex. I don't think he said that. I don't think it was a mistake. I think maybe this is the direction that they want him to go now because the numbers are up and they think, you know what, let's just admit that we cannot make it to government. But because we're seeing this sort of um, uh, popularity in the polls, we can get back those votes that we lost either to Quebec Solidaire or maybe even that we lost to the, to, to the CAC to bring it back uh, um, in terms of support and making us the official opposition. I found that very interesting that he positioned himself that way. Listen, I will give the PQ some credit in terms of them being the most popular second choice for Quebecers. And Maybe there are going to be a few people that are going to vote strategically in this regard, and it will help um, PSPP and the PQ. But by and large, when you say vote strategically, I don't think people are actually voting strategically. I don't think they know how to vote strategically. And I don't think that's what that, that's what is motivating people to go to the polls. People are by and large motivated. If you look at how uh, people vote by and large in the United States, in Canada, and most Western democracies are motivated by what? 90% of them are voted by, motivated by two things. One, a political party, and two, a political leader. Rarely do you find people voting against something. I, I, don't, I don't see that happening often. And again, I don't, people, in most studies that have shown that people don't go to the polls to vote strategically. They vote for a party they believe in. It's, it's easier to get people out to go vote and to get motivated over them actually voting for a party or for a leader that inspires them or that they believe in. Mm-hmm. So I, I just don't see this coming to fruition. I think it's a sad state of affairs about democracy in Quebec when you know you're you're grasping for straws here and saying, please I'll I'll really attempt anything and attempt any messaging whatsoever to get people to go to the polls. I just don't think it's effective. And I don't think it's it's appealing to anybody right there. And I think it looks desperate. It actually reeks of desperation if any if anything, if I was looking at that as a voter who's undecided, I say Weak, very weak. Yeah. But at the same time, it's also a sign of you being realistic. Like, I mean, you cannot have 
and, you know, we're seeing on Glad coming out and saying, you know, I want to be prime minister and I will be, I'll, I, I, you know, right. on the third, I'll be the leader. Yeah. Like you're delusional, you know, and you know it, but you're just spitting out messages that you want people to understand. Would you not rather want a leader that can assume the reality and say, look, we were third opposition. We're doing well. We're on a climb. We want people to trust us. And if we make it to opposition, we promise to be an effective opposition and keep the government in check. I don't see it as a bad thing. I mean, one, it shows that, yeah, look, you're a realist. You understand that you have no chance at the governing. Yeah. But you want to do better than where you were left off in 2018, which is going from third opposition to the official opposition. In in 2018, we saw Philip Kuyal say towards the end of the campaign, I will not run for another term. In a desperate attempt to see if people would say, okay, I'm going to give you another kick of the can as long as I know for certain you're not going to run again. Yeah. And what did we see in Ontario uh, in 2018 as well? We saw Kathleen Wynne admitting at the end of her campaign that I am not going to win re-election. I am not going to be the premier come election day. And I recognize that. And again, vote strategically. We need a strong liberal opposition inside of the uh, Ontario legislature. That turned out horribly for her. They, the, the Ontario Liberals had the worst result they have had in their entire history. And uh, sorry, a, apart from Stephen Del Duca's terrible performance earlier this year, mm -hmm. uh, which literally puts uh, the Ontario Liberal Party in, in liberal provincial heaven, where the POQ will be joining them very shortly as they float up to the clouds, never to be heard from again. <laughs> so again, I just don't see this as an effective move it reeks of desperation voters see this from a mile away maybe political strategists like you and me are are, are blinded by this and they're trying to find you know where we're digging into this the the the, the political strategic minutia of, of maybe there's something some semblance of intelligence in this idea and in the strategy itself i don't think there is i don't think right. there's anything in it i think it's a it's a party it's a political party that is just grasping for whatever semblance of existence they can and they're not going to find any now speaking of this i just want to bounce right off to the to, to the to the other topic because we haven't really seen a real ballot question like we've seen campaigns that like in 2014 if you remember it was the 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 the, the charter of values that Pauline Marois that was front and center uh and of course the fact that uh, back then um uh Pierre Calpelado came out and said you know uh, le Quebec libre and would put his fist up in the air the whole question of sovereignty came back up and it became a real kind of campaign with like a central uh point this time around not so much and the ones that seemed to stick out made me feel like, what? We're campaigning for like the third link now between Quebec and Lévis. That has been in the in the news almost every single day from the beginning of the campaign. Uh, we haven't heard much about education, health, eh, sort of, you know. Um, but the third link, God damn it, every single day, you know. So well, because Quebec City's the the place to be. And Quebec City is the battleground where the CAC is going to have their biggest um, challenges. Yeah, and, uh, and even even Eric Duhem has used it when he was campaigning in the beginning of the campaign in the Saguenay region. He flat out came out and said, "If you support, um, uh, if, if if you want the GNL project, GNL Quebec, GNL Quebec, you vote for us. If you don't, you vote for the CAC." You know, he made yeah. that 
you know, the, the ballot question. So just, Which, know, again, won't be effective for him. And I don't think so either. But have you seen a ballot question? I mean, I have. I, I mean, it changes, I think, between the parties this time. It around. does. It does. It does. But there, there, there are. If, if So, for example, if you're voting CAC, the ballot question for you, uh, by and large, it's not for everybody, for, but by and large, for the majority of CAC voters, is Legault's handling of the pandemic, where most polls indicate whether you're CAC, liberal, QS, maybe less so, PQ, fairly solid. They think that Legault was, was the leader that handled um, the pandemic the best uh, and and compared to other leaders. And, and again, of course, they weren't governing, but when asked, you know, which leader do you think would would have handled the pandemic, pandemic best? It is Legault. Um, he did handle it very well. He ha- and compared uh, when 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 polling uh, separate provinces, uh, he comes out um, by and large on top yeah. uh, compared to other uh, premiers. So I think that that's very important to note as well. If you're a liberal, um, I think the ballot question for you is: Are you willing to forgive Dominique Anglade on Bill ninety six? If you're a liberal Anglophone, mm. um, are are you willing to forgive that misstep? Um, are you tired of their shenanigans? Uh, are you tired of them trying to curry favor to voter demographics that have long sailed away from their their, their grasp? Um, and do you think that they're able to maintain their vote their historic voter base? That might be sort of that's a very long ballot question. Yeah. That I think is is what a lot of liberal voters are well, asking. See, I, I, I was hearing you saying that, and obviously that caters to the uh, anglophone and maybe perhaps the allophone population. But what about the francophone? You're you're, you're it's liberals. gone. It's non-existent. It doesn't. The, the francophone liberals do not. What are you voting for? Yeah, you're not voting for liberals. Yeah, and you know if you're Quebec Citadel, the climate is your ballot question. If you are the PQ. Perhaps your disinterest or your lack of motivation um, towards other parties is driving you towards the PQ because you've always had an independentist streak in you. Yeah. And you and you feel safe at home with uh, a party, you know, and, you know, a vibrant some people argue a vibrant new leader. I still think that he has the, um, you know, the charisma of a, of a damp rag. But in any case, I, 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 he's going to get a seat in the National Assembly, so I have to give him that much thanks to our our, our vandalizing QS candidate. Um, but in any case, I, I think that's sort of where people are lining up. And if if you're Eric Zouem, uh, it, it goes back to the same question of Legault on the pandemic and his performance on it. You think that he did a terrible job. You're in a smaller portion of the population, but you're very strong in your opinions and your motivation. You think he did a shit job. And, and you, and you probably believe that George Soros eats babies. You know what I found again, a smaller voter base, but they do exist. Uh, I don't want to end it on this, but I have to, because I heard those videos circulating on Eric Duhem kind of telling everyone how they have to vote, right? Like you need to put an X or you know uh, a check mark and there's all this and you need a, a pencil and then the media kind of took that video and like why the hell is Eric Duhem informing his supporters on how the voting procedure works you know so and, they're they're question, and they question certain of them and they're like hold on a second why do we need a pencil why can't we just go with a pen how can I trust that these people won't won't erase my my ex and absolutely 
I mean, where the fuck are we living, dude? What, well, well, plus, what plus when they about? when they start tabulating the ballots with the with the Dominion voting machines, that that gave Don, that that made made uh, Joe Biden win the election that he rigged. Like, how, what are they? How, they, do how they can I trust that? that those Dominion voting machines are not going to give Francois Legault a second majority when it should have been Eric Zouem winning all 125 yeah. seasons? Like, what do they think? Uh, Tell like, me, I'm, I'm wrong. Like honestly, it's 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 a curiosity thing for me. Do they think that there's one person opening the box and taking one ballot at a time and looking at it? Like, yes. Do they not know that there yeah. are like four, five, six people in each one of those tables every time those ballot boxes are open? I thought it was just. I thought it was like Klaus Schwab in a, in a cold room, <laughs> cold dark room, one by one. It just goes to show you a little bit, man. You know, we don't want to generalize. We don't want to say that every single supporter of the Conservative Party and of GM thinks this way. But oh, I, mean, I do. I think it's ridiculous to think that they think this. <laughs> actually, you know? on the other hand, <laughs> you know, they, they actually ship all of the ballots off to Davos, Switzerland for the, <laughs> the World Economic Forum. Um, so... Oh my goodness! Very effective, very efficient. Oh. They pay for it. Taxpayers win. All right, let's uh, let's close this off. Um, close this off. Wag of the finger, tip of the hat moment. Um, wag of the finger to, uh, and again, as much as I think it was stupid and buffoonish for, uh, two wags of the finger actually, two wags this time. Mm-hmm. Stupid and buffoonish for the CAC to show up. No uh, political at the climate uh, rally. Um, no political party should face uh, any semblance of, of danger or threat or intimidation like uh, those three ministers did or those three um, MNAs running for re-election and hope to be in capital once again. Uh, it was wrong. It was uh, immoral and it was illegal and it's criminal. And I think it's wrong. And I think that uh, QS needs to have a wake up call, but more so Gabriel Dubois needs to wake up and realize he's actually a leader of a national of, of, a, of a provincial party uh, that has a very strong voter base and has very uh, motivated and energized supporters. And he wields a very um, sharp and heavy sword uh, with that uh, weight by his side. So he needs to recognize that. Uh, the other wag of the finger is going to be um, the buffoonish candidate that we spoke about, Madame Rancourt, over in Camille Lorraine. Uh, tip of the hat um, in this regard to uh, PSPP. I think this is the first time that I've ever get that I've given um, Paul Saint Pierre Plamondon, uh, you know, a a, a actual uh, you no know, good comment overall, but uh, his determination and his steadfastness in in wanting to run in Camille Lorraine. And wanting to run in, in on the island of Montreal, albeit that he had other opportunities to run elsewhere and maybe have an easier time of winning, um, has proven him uh, to probably uh, obtain a seat uh, come the news of an Amerikan And perseverance does pay off, uh, and so does hard work, and he's put it in. And in this circumstance, I hope he is rewarded because I think that it goes to show that when you do put in that kind of hard work, it will pay off. Um, even if you uh, need to really work on your appearance, the way you come off and speak to people and your performance in the debates is, uh, you know, subpar, uh, you know, and, and sort of comparable to the McGill debating club. But in any case, uh, which is not which is not good. Um, but in any case, uh, kudos to him. And I, and I hope he does win a seat and I, and I hope to see his face in the National Assembly. There you have it, folks. We have just a few more episodes left until uh, the end of the campaign. Thank God. We're going to have one Thursday coming. Then there's uh, the one, obviously, on Election Day. 
and then maybe potentially another one after where we're going to comment the results of the campaign. We don't know, but uh, definitely three more episodes coming your way. We appreciate you. Go ahead and follow us, like, subscribe, comment, do all that fun stuff. Michael, thank you so much, buddy. I'll see you on Thursday. George, it's always a pleasure until Thursday, my friend. Take care.